Hello, everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turn it in. Body, one and all, welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, but not just any fantasy today. Oh, That's right. Anyone following the show may know that we have just completed our buddy read of the First Law Trilogy, and it won't be too much longer now before we release our buddy read episode of The Wheel of Time, the beginning of our 14-book-long epic journey through Robert Jordan's like epic uh, epic work nailed it yeah so (laughs) and this is my first time reading wheel of time ever Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not yours charles it's your second time if i'm correct and i read it many years ago but it is going to be my second time yeah the fantasy podcasting board was going to revoke my podcasting <laughs> certificate if we didn't get to Wheel of Time soon. So we we had to get on it. Charles pitched in Friends Pitching Fantasy. I picked it. And here we are. And we're in the middle, right? I think, Charles, you probably have already finished your read of The Eye of the World this second time. And I'm in the middle of my first well, read like of The Eye of the World. I'm like three quarters of the way through it. But yeah, okay. we've already cracked the cover of... Eye of the World, which is book one of The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. So we're both right. in the middle of it. And, you know, we're recording that episode soon with Phantology. So you don't yeah. want to miss that. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I also think Stephen kind of put the pressure on you to get you to, to read the series as well. So thank you for that, Stephen. But, yeah, I mean, we, you know, going into this, we understood that this book series has a unique place in fantasy and the fans have a unique place on the Twitter sphere, and that Dylan took took out onto Twitter to get some advice, to get this hype train off the station, to kind of start that dialogue of like, "Hey guys, like, what's going on with with Wheel of Time? Do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit, Dylan?" Gladly, Charles. So, you know, I had never read Wheel of Time before. I'm pretty active on Twitter, and I. I was aware that when people tweet about uh, Wheel of Time by being in the fantasy sphere, that like, okay, you put in a hashtag Twitter of time and you you see what happens. And I just kind of threw out this question one more, like (laughs) relatively early, I think in the morning, I was like, hey, Twitter of time, hashtag Twitter of time, what things should a first time reader of Wheel of Time know before heading in? And I was met we were met charles <laughs> as a unit that is friends talking fantasy <laughs> right with just an incredible <laughs> flood of support and kindness <laughs> from this 
amazing community that i mean we got so many comments i was not expecting anything like this and all of, everyone was so nice everyone had so much great advice and it got me really excited to start really reading through the wheel of time and be able to engage more with this community right. and and to see so many passionate folks out there who love this series i mean how could that not get you pumped so then you know we weren't really planning on doing an episode on it but everyone was giving such amazing advice that we're like we need to spread this to the world there's other people out there who are like me who like hadn't read wheel of time and are maybe thinking about heading into it and why not share this great advice that i was getting with as many folks as we can so that's what we're here to do today Yes, so we have compiled the list of all of these entries that we got from Twitter of Time of people giving their advice on things you should know before starting the Wheel of Time. And we're just going to kind of go through them and we're going to react to them. Dylan with his first time experience and me with my uh, veteran experience will have some interesting perspectives here. Yeah, but you know, not like a you know, in the trenches veteran, more like, yeah, I was at the base the whole time, <laughs> chilling out, <laughs> <laughs> kind of veteran. <laughs> so, so. Say more about what you mean by that, Charles. <laughs> well, in that, you know, it was a long time. It's been a long time since I've read Wheel of Time, and I'm by no means an expert, but I am an enthusiast, and um, I am excited to get into it. So right. There's with that, yep. Plenty of folks who have read this series many times, and a lot of those folks, I would guess, are the folks that are tuning in. So, yeah, Charles, uh, sounds like you don't consider yourself a, a lore expert or anything Definitely like that. Not. You're just a, a guy who happens to have read this already. I'm a guy who happens to have not. So let's see what we can provide when we get some advice from, I bet, a lot of folks who, who certainly have read this many times, or many of which I'm sure have read this many times. Yes. So let's get started here. First on our list is a comment that comes from um, Jenny Bennett, which is at her Twitter handles at or their Twitter handles at Benny Jennett. And they say RJ's glossary, Robert Jordan, um, book by book to control spoilers is handy, includes pronunciation, handy for training on how the old tongue names and other lingo sounds and then also to use the map. And that's true. Like each book does have an index and it's helpful to be able to reference characters and places as the story goes on. And they say something important here where it's like book by book, which is also going to be super important. Like you don't, you know, you want to make sure that you're, if you're reading Eye of the World, you're not looking at uh, a reference or a glossary that includes future installments you know it's a 14 book series so it's easy to just look up a character bio and and get get something spoiled but having something handy to reference different places different names just like a quick sentence summary will certainly help you in the beginning of the series yeah that makes a lot of sense and i think this piece about using the map too i mean there's a lot, I see already, there's a lot of place names, mm -hmm. there's a lot of journeying, there's a lot of all that kind of stuff where a map is going to be important. And I was lucky enough where a lot of Twitter time folks shared maps with me too. Yeah, or, nice. Yeah, it was, they're amazing. <laughs> but all, yeah, yeah, this 
the glossary that came up a few times will probably come up again as we keep going through these and definitely something that's good to make use of And the the pronunciation is interesting too uh, i uh, i feel like it's something I'm I'm switching back and forth between the Kindle and audiobook, which right. is high, something I highly recommend doing mm-hmm. when you're reading a big series like this, and when you're reading a series that has the amazing Michael Kramer and Kate Redding doing the reading. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, exactly. I would say kind of something I noticed, Charles, is there's different pronunciations sometimes. I think between the two of them, have you noticed that at all um, between Kramer and Redding? I mean, it hasn't. It's not something I managed to catch, but I don't doubt it at all. <laughs> and it's funny they're a couple, right? Mm-hmm. They're spouses, I believe, and uh, so it's interesting. I think incredible job they're doing, though. I really yeah, enjoy it's got to be a tough job when there's this many characters to bring unique voices to everyone. But that's kind of how I felt about pronunciation. It's like, well, I'm mostly absorbing this through audiobooks, so um, pronunciation is one of those things that I'm not too concerned about. But the map is interesting. I'm not usually like a big maps guy when I'm reading fantasy. Um, but I would say yeah, um, Wheel of Time is an exception and like Lord of the Rings is an exception as well. Like those are two series that I enjoy like referencing the map just because they're so much like they're on a journey and it's so much about the journey and the places they're going and how they get split up that um, makes it interesting. But I usually don't. So that's a good thing to mention. It's like the map is a fun reference for this series. For sure. sure. And it's definitely a journey. And I think that it's a good time for us to continue our journey through these comments. Charles, what's up next? Next, we've got um, someone by the name of Shogun Dustin, which is at Dustin. Dunstan. Dunstan. At D-U-N-S-T-A-N-S-H-G-O-N. Dunstan. Shogun. Um, and he said, they say uh, Dragon Mount gets less confusing on rereads, um, <laughs> which uh, I guess a lot of stuff is going to get less confusing as you reread it. Like uh, for me, I have the luxury of remembering it's like, oh yeah, I remember this character. I, I, I like forgotten them in my day to day life. And then when they pop up again, it's like, oh yeah, I remember this. I know who they are. I know how they fit in the story. And I think knowing that helps me learn more about them and in that scene and i don't know dylan if you've had that experience of um some kind of confusion as you as you start reading the series yeah well i'll say i i feel like some confusion is has been normalized for me by folks i talk to in this uh, twitter of time community or wheel of time in general where it's like there's gonna be a lot thrown at you and i've had other folks kind of tell me it's okay to just sit back and enjoy the journey if that's the way you want to enjoy this series. So that's been a big part of my approach to this. Of course, I'm confused sometimes. I think if does Dragon Mount, I was getting the sense Dragon Mount refers to the prologue, which I could be wrong about. And the Mm -hmm. prologue, I guess I posted about that recently too, and had some interesting conversations about the prologue. I think the prologue is incredible. I'm sure we'll get into this in our discussion. It like blew me away. And I think it's, confusing but in all the best ways because i think the the number one thing that someone can do with a prologue which robert jordan does is have you asking a lot of questions and when i was leaving the prologue not only was i impressed by the fact that it was super modern feeling for when i know it was published which i believe is 1990 the world um Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this 
this is making me wonder so many different things. And I think I'm trusting that in a 14 book series, <laughs> I don't need to know all those things after reading just right. the prologue. In fact, it'd be very strange if I did. So <laughs> right. all the questions that Dragon Mount gets you asking, I'm, it is confusing, but I think, yeah, in all the best ways. And I'm, I'm excited for the chance to reread the prologue after reading the whole series because I've had folks say like, Basically, that sets up the entire series in a way that it raises all the best questions. So, yeah, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Mount being the name of the prologue, and it's also a place. And that's true. You, you, it starts right away. And these, with two characters, they obviously have a relationship and a history. You're thrown like in the middle of a scene. So, like, this whole series kicks off with you being in the thick of it. And like you said, Dylan, it would be weird if you were expected to know what's going on. It just yeah. sets a good tone for, like, drama and excitement and the sense that there is a bigger world and a lot of history going on in, in, in this world. And I think, you know, the prologue, Dragon Mount, does a great job of that. And, you know, reading it a second time, you're like, oh, yeah, like, it's interesting to see how this is where everything started by with this the choice of using this scene. So very interesting there. Um, our next comment comes from uh, Curly at Sarah Curly Whirly. They say, make sure you have a good notebook and tag your pages. Everyone's experience is different. If you think something is noteworthy, it may be, or it could be a red herring. That's the beauty of it. You won't know until you know. And that's why when I was listening to it on audiobook, I was like, I think I have to make sure to catch it on Kindle every once in a while because I read most of our series on Kindle because I like to be able to highlight it and have that note section and be able to reference it for when we're preparing for our buddy read episodes. And when you have a series this big and so many moments where it's like this idea of something sounding noteworthy, you know, there's be like dream sequences or, you know, someone only half conscious saying these stream of consciousness things. It's like, well, that sounds important. Is that prophecy? Is that a confession? Or is it like an hallucination? Like you don't know, but it sounds important. So you need to make note of it. And, you know, if you're going to have like a, if you're going to be tracking the series as it goes on and how Robert Jordan's setting up some of these arcs, it's certainly a worthy investment of your time to highlight some of these passages or just make a note of what's going on uh, in the book. Yeah, a notebook is a super good idea, I think. I definitely have times when I'm on my audiobook part of the reading where I'm like, oh no, <laughs> Like I can tell this is super important. I'll make a note <laughs> on my phone. I, 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 you know, the notes pad instead of necessarily having a physical notebook. I'll yeah. be like, go back to this part in your Kindle and highlight the stuff that's happening because this sounds really important. <laughs> so yeah. And I've I will say to... like, we're doing that because we want to have like an informed buddy read discussion on our show. But if there's casual readers who are kind oh, of turned sure. off of the ideas, like I don't want to read and also take notes. So like, you don't have to, to, you can enjoy the story on surface level. But if you're in like a book club or something, you know, it's a series that is, it's a rewarding experience to be taking notes. It's not necessarily that you have to. Yeah. I mean, so that probably leads to this other comment that was made by, I might butcher this pronunciation because it I think it's uh, Wheel of Time pronunciation and I don't have that glossary in front of me, but Alon Mandragoran, I believe is uh, the name and it's Malkir's King, at Malkir's King is the Twitter handle here. 
And uh, they said, if you're in it for the pleasure of the journey, there is nothing to know. It is an amazing ride, and you will discover that on your own as you experience it. If you are in it for the literary analysis, invest in sticky notes, crates of composition books, and pens. Lots of pens. <laughs> so I think that uh, that's a great point there is there's, you know, we're doing this whole episode here on what you should know heading into the Wheel of Time. I don't have the experience to tell you too much about that, but I'll also say halfway through the eye of the world over here, I I find as a reader, the best way to enjoy something is to just be along for the ride mm-hmm. and enjoy it and enjoy the journey. And that's the pleasure, I think, so far for me of and- reading Wheel of Time. I, I would agree. And I'd also just comment that that's why this series has stood out for so long and is such a popular series, because it can appeal to both crowds. You know, if you're a surface level reader who's just along for the ride and is enjoying it and doesn't want to put work into it, you can get a very rewarding experience from reading this. And then if you're someone that wants to take notes and go back and check glossaries and research people, that in itself is a very rewarding experience as well, if you're into that kind of thing. And I just think that's how Robert Jordan kind of carved his place in the history of fantasy. You know, he's been able to present a series in both ways and provide a really, um, enriching rewarding experience for both kinds of readers and that's how you get that mass best-selling you know appeal right is being able to appeal to everybody well we know how robert jordan inspired brandon sanderson we know how brandon sanderson finished the series for robert jordan and i think that that mentality that you're talking about charles where you're writing a story that has elements where you can enjoy it without taking notes and just casually reading and doing uh, that side of things or enjoy it by dissecting every little bit of it is something that's uh, Jordan really, I guess, uh, like modeled for Sanderson. And that's something that Sanderson really replicates. And I've read a lot more Sanderson than Jordan, so I can draw from a little bit of that. So that brings me into another comment that I feel like is along the same path. And that comment is from Twitter user Jesse Pants at Hey Jesse Pants. And, and they say, forget about Chekhov's gun. You're about to enter Chekhov's munition plant. <laughs> Even the tiniest, seemingly inconsequential detail could be important. And I think that just... Uh, wraps up into our conversation like i can't tell you how many times i've been reading a scene i'm like this sounds important or like <laughs> i'm driving listening to the audiobook and like all of a sudden something's happening that like my brain kind of wakes up a little bit more i'm like oh wait this sounds important i know <laughs> like should i be reading this like should i be like rewinding or something so that just kind of adds to that experience of like there's so many things here being built up it's hard to say what's important and what is just like a part of the story in that moment, you know? Well said, Charles. And that resonates for me so much. The driving <laughs> while listening to the audiobook and kind of getting to a part where like, oh no, no, no. Like <laughs> this is this is really important. But I'm I, you know, you can't get the notebook out in the or for me the phone. You can't get that out in the middle of driving. So you're just like yeah. No, like just remember this. Yeah, it's like I hope I remember this. It sounds important. Yeah, yeah. It happens to me constantly because that's like (laughs) the most like 
most of the time I'm listening to audiobooks when I'm doing something else. So it's not easy for me to like take notes and also enjoy right. the audiobook. So it makes Wheel of Time a little extra challenging when you're trying to like prepare for like a book club kind of discussion. But I mean, Michael Kramer and Kate Redding make it so enjoyable and Robert Jordan's writing makes it that there's still plenty you can retain and talk about and enjoy the story. It's just those moments sometimes where you're like, ah, ah, that sounds super important. (laughs) So Chekhov's munitions plant is not far off at all. That's well phrased by (laughs) that. Very well (laughs) phrased. That tweeter. Yeah, Jesse Pence. Props to you. (laughs) (laughs) Props. Um, So the next... uh, The next tweets that we have here is from twitter user bookworm at andy angel 44 they say there are times parentheses book eight nine and ten that go on and on with not much happening but it's worth sticking with as sanderson nails 12 to 14 also watch out for minor characters you never know when they'll pop up again personally i've loved this series since day one and i think that's really important to say because for a lot of people when you're pitching a series that's 14 books long it's important to remind them that like look it's worth sticking to the end the ending is good you know you kind of need a bit of that pep talk it's like look you have Mm -hmm. when you have 14 books it's kind of hard to expect all of them to be bangers you know it's like you kind of got to (laughs) get through some of the books to get to the end and there's a lot in the fandom and i've had this experience where some of these books you read it and you're like, wow, nothing happened. And you read like the Wikipedia summary. It's like, this character continues to do this. This character continues to do that. And you're like, that's the plot of this book. So I couldn't agree uh, with Bookworm enough. It's like, yeah, like there's times it lags, but it's worth sticking with because Sanderson comes in and, you know, Sanderson knows how to deliver on the, on the reading experience. So totally worth it and i think that was a really helpful um comment to drop in that thread for sure yeah well said by you and that wonderful tweeter yeah dylan we might have to come back to this twitter comment when we've hit book nine or ten for you (laughs) you might need a bit of a pep talk for now you're in pretty good spirits but (laughs) i know maybe in like six months from now we'll have to revisit this comment again well, it's funny. As we've said before, I have a reputation uh, for being sometimes a little bit of what Treebeard uh, might call hasty. Uh, so that's mm. part of the reason why I was reticent to start a 14 book series, despite all the great things I've heard. It's just it's such a big investment. And I have heard that bit about books eight, nine and 10. And here's something that I found interesting. I think I engaged in with this person on Twitter and kind of had this conversation after uh, this with them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, uh, I, I, I hear that a lot about books eight, nine, and 10. And someone said that it's like, well, it was way worse when you were waiting years between books. <laughs> and then the next one would come out, eight would come out and you've been waiting so long since seven came out and you love this series and all this kind of stuff. And then it's like, wait, I've been waiting years for this person to continue to do this and that person to continue to do that. And my hope, Charles, 
<laughs> is as someone who can kind of, I know we'll take a, a little bit of a break at certain points in this buddy read of the entire series, but as someone who can just jump into the next book, I'm hoping that the quote unquote slog <laughs> of this thing won't be as bad as the people who are experiencing it live <laughs> as the books were being released because <laughs> And that's part of the thing too, Charles. Is like middles tend to be more boring than beginnings and ends. Right. I think that sure. that's you know we bred a lot of fantasy. Uh, I'm sure you would agree with that as a general trend. No, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So I would agree. Eight, nine, and ten is just a really long middle, and I would imagine, yeah, maybe it's slower, but also we don't have those big weights in between. Mm. Yeah, you had mentioned that you have to remember that there were occasionally years going by. And there's one Twitter comment that kind of helps us segue to that kind of a conversation. This is Twitter user Wolves Can't Sleep at Rinzi, R-I-N-Z-I. And they say, it's worth keeping in mind that the series was started three decades ago. You'll find in some ways it was ahead of its time, and in others it was very much a product of its time. That's not to say don't read with a contemporary perspective, just that looking back is interesting. And that is advice that I gave you in Friends Pitching Fantasy. I was like, look, it's a product of its time in a lot of ways. Like you had brought up some of the criticism that you've heard about the series. And I'm like, it's 30 years old and it was published over like a decade's worth of time. Like Robert Jordan passed away during it and Sanderson had to come in and fill it out like when you see it as a 14 book long series piece of work, it's a different perspective than as something that was coming out year after year in the early nineties. So that kind of perspective I think is super important for the modern fantasy fan that's picking it up for the first time. It's like, there's lots of interesting stuff here, both in like what influenced Robert Jordan and how Robert Jordan influenced others and like the writing style of this kind of fantasy and how modern fantasy has reacted to that and also just like how um like women are depicted sometimes and how like the like how certain things are super descriptive and or over explained you know it's super interesting to get into that and and just keeping that open mind like wolves can't sleep has mentioned is is super important for the series yeah this is i think a really insightful comment from wolves Mm -hmm. can't sleep i appreciate them bringing this to our attention i mean this series charles is it's not only older than me it's older than you too and (laughs) i think (laughs) we're like one year apart (laughs) yes (laughs) and the series is like a year older than me okay yes (laughs) i know <laughs> I, the whole time you're talking, I was like, I cannot wait to make this joke. But I, I am serious about uh, how good a point Wolves Can't Sleep is making because this this series is older than us. Uh, the book I'm reading right now oh, came out in 1990, and this I don't know. I'll, I'll say too, Charles. I am trying to take it as time, and I'm trying to view it also with a contemporary perspective and kind of use what I've learned reading modern fantasy to kind of see ways in which it's influenced stuff. And I've really enjoyed that aspect of doing this is being able to see the ways in which this massive series has impacted what we read now, mm-hmm. especially with that perspective of reading a lot more of what we read now than <laughs> reading a lot more of what was inspired by Will of Time than right. reading 
Wheel of Time itself. Yes. And yes. I've enjoyed that. And I've also, I'll also say it feels more contemporary and modern than I was expecting. Of course, right. it's a product of its time, and Wolves Can't Sleep says that eloquently here. And it's amazing when you consider that, that what time that was. Very well said, and I'm glad you feel that way because I know you're very much on board the modern fantasy train. And I was like, well, I know we read Lord of the Rings, and you had some reservations about that, but I think those are kind of um alleviated here with yeah. Wheel of Time. Like, is definitely more contemporary, but still firmly planted in like old school fantasy. But we're on the cusp of like modern fantasy and a lot of the languages like in modern fantasy. So I thought that we would get like to hear you say that you've been appreciating that aspect of it is is kind of relieving because I knew that that was something I could hope for. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And I think a lot of like modern fantasy fans that have considered picking this up. I think that's an important thing to, to note of like, yeah, it's more, it's contemporary. It's like, um, ahead of its time but also nowadays it's a bit dated so you have to like balance that and you have to keep that open mind when you like contextualize it in your mind when you when you go to pick it up we have some exciting news in the (laughs) friends Mm -hmm. talking fantasy world and that we have a new member of the team out there behind the scenes our production intern uh his name is joel and he's shout out to Joel. Shout out to Joel. Welcome to the team. We're just getting started. Um, he helped us kind of gather all of these notes today, and he threw in his his um, little piece as well about Wheel of Time because he's read through the series as well. So his thoughts are as follows: um, Jordan has a tendency to have moments of paid by the word, and that's in quotes sections in his books, but it's always important to. Pay attention in those moments. It might not have the strongest points of plot, but they usually inhibit the mindset of the character. Inhabit. Oh, inhabit, thank you. The mindset of the character in most of these periods. And that is very well said there, Joel. It's it's true. Like it can get kind of verbose. I mean, you have fourteen books, you know, and just knowing when to pay attention know when to go along for the ride know when to have it as a reference is is in, in important yeah and we definitely have to say thank you to joel for his work in compiling all these fantastic answers that all the wonderful hashtag twitter of time folks gave us to guide this conversation so the for next sure. comment that we have is from ryan s with the Twitter handle at Ryan, R-Y-E-I-N-N. And they say, uh, don't Google anything. Even autocomplete can spoil things. And that's good advice. You know, you could Google like the <laughs> main character and the autocomplete like main character dead in book 12. You know, you so it's like, oh man, like that's uh, kind of a spoiler. Or did main character die? Or did main character, or even something like, did main character like what did main character say when they met this character and you're like okay that doesn't happen for nine more books you know like even not even like spoiling big things like deaths but things like relationships or the fact that they like are in a totally different location or the same location you know like googling anything is a risk especially when you're only trying to reference stuff to to learn as much as far as book one 
Like even if you were to go on to like the Wheel of Time wiki, which is a great glossary, very comprehensive. But I mean, you look at the main character Randolph Thor's page and in the summary, it'll just give you his whole life story. And you're like, well, we're only on like the first sentence of this life story in this book. So anytime you do the like go to reference something online, you're taking a risk. And that's why that first comment we had from Jenny Bennett was like book by book glossary is the best way to go. It's because it's like all of the like glossaries online are comprehensive. So they will have spoilers for other books. And when you're only starting the first book, everything's a spoiler. So tread very carefully on- online. Yeah. And this sentiment certainly came from others as well. Yes. We had Randall Thor him- himself, Ooh. I guess, because uh, <laughs> this is from at default Rand uh, said, be very careful of spoilers around here. Don't Google anything. RJ, I like that. Ro- like calling Robert Jordan RJ. Yeah. <laughs> RJ can be over descriptive, in parentheses, understatement, yeah. <laughs> and repetitive. But it's such an amazing story with some of the best characters you will ever come across. Enjoy. And thank you. That's so nice. Yeah. And I'll say. This is, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording uh, this idea of part of this book being a little bit older, being three decades old, is some of this emphasis on, I think, repeating descriptions of stuff and uh, telling us all sorts of things about people's clothing and uh, people's clothing and things like that and the rooms and the inns and the and you know Charles this is the hasty side of me yeah. that part is never my favorite in fantasy mm-hmm. and that's definitely something that is present here but I, I think I said to you before we started recording I was like this is an incredible story I feel like that RJ is telling uh, and Occasionally, it feels like this stuff will almost be, um, I don't know, like getting in between elements of amazing storytelling. Right. Uh, But as soon as it gets back to actually telling the story and talking about these characters, which I've really loved, uh, then I'm all in and I'm enjoying it. So you just got to get through it if you're someone like me that can be a little bit hasty. Yeah, you'll be like, okay, this in looks like this. But then we'll get back to these characters and and they're a lot of fun to read about absolutely well said and that's you know for some people that's the draw is all that description and like we said earlier the fact that there is something for everybody is what has obviously made this so universally popular like you can't be a bestseller without having a a mass appeal aspect to your story so um kudos to jordan for that um rj i should say uh, the next comment that we have comes from Fiction Fans at Fiction Fiction Fans Pod, and they comment: "There's a lot of geography, but I cannot keep any of it straight." Parentheses. Same goes for minor characters. I found that it helps to have someone who's already read it, so that you can go that you can go to with questions like "Who wears X again?" and "Why is everyone so dumb?" I was asking that a lot for the first three books. And that is okay. You know, I, I, I felt that reading the first time as well. 
I was always asking myself, how much of this do I not know that I should know at this moment? You know, <laughs> like you, you're reading a scene. It's like, should, is there stuff that I didn't remember that I should remember to appreciate the scene right now? That like that thought was a pretty unique thought to Wheel of Time for me. Maybe Malazan was another one that I kept having yeah. that thought of like, I am I? I'm kind of aware that I don't know stuff that I should, which is not something I usually think when I'm reading fantasy, but Wheel of Time has that unique aspect in being able to find out in a way that avoids spoilers, whether it's a friend that's read the series already that can track where you are in the like reading. You, exactly. Aren't you just so lucky and fortunate? I'm so lucky. <laughs> or the glossary of the book you're reading can be great can be great resources and i think for anyone that thinks that way like don't worry like just enjoy the ride or do the research but research carefully you know you have options and it's just a normal experience for reading this series that dylan i don't know if you've experienced this yet but um it it may be something you'll experience as you get you know another book or two in oh yeah i can speak to my experience to the to this stuff a little bit i do want to give a a little bit more of a shout out to uh, fiction fans. They're an awesome podcast with, at, at the time of this recording anyway, uh, what their initial episode is out and I listened to it. It was really great. So I recommend following them over at Fiction Fans Pod and uh, listening to Sarah and Lily on their first episode or, or more if that's out by the time that we release this. So yeah, I also want uh, get to their comment about this geography stuff i think that's part of why yeah the map (laughs) definitely great to check in with if you are someone who wants to make sure you're tracking the geography i'm kind here's my attitude charles and maybe i will pay for it but i'm kind of like if i'm hearing a place name on the audiobook and i don't have a map in front of me and i don't recognize it i'll usually just let it go and yeah me too I, i mean Look, if I if I have a map in front of me and I feel like this is particularly important where they're heading or whatever, then sure, I'll try to. And I'm trusting RJ to <laughs> like to give me what I need to know when I need to know it. And I've yet I'm not far. Look, I've got thirteen and a half books to read still, yeah. but I've yet to feel like the times where I don't know the geography or things like that have ever gotten in the way of me enjoying a great story that's good to hear we'll have to check in with you a few books in (laughs) because there's nothing quite like uh like reading book six and then going on to book seven and still having seven books left like it's a unique experience in terms of like Put, get, getting your brain tracking the progress of your reading you're like wow it's hard to put that into perspective uh, but um I, I think so far if you're feeling good then you're gonna be fine but it is Charles. a very common thing yeah well i just love <laughs> there's so much of this you're building in of like well yeah that sounds good dylan you're you're, <laughs> you're doing good it sounds like a half a book in uh i'm glad to hear that it sounds like you're remembering some of my reactions to like the ruffian stuff <laughs> in the lord of the rings so fine. and that was only three three shorter books yeah. but I, I will see i mean i think this will be something uh, well it'll be something i'm kind of looking forward to tracking is <laughs> my enthusiasm does it does it wane 
Uh, sure. Does it wax and wane as yeah, there's we a lot of comments from series. Twitter time about perspective, and I think that's an important <laughs> thing to always keep in mind when you're talking about this series. Like, okay, from the perspective of being, um, you know, a fraction of a percent through the story, which is an important one because a lot of people might be on the fence about starting this series. So, well, Charles, I <laughs> on this topic, I'm remembering I got a couple of comments along these lines of mm-hmm. how to <laughs> how to keep that perspective or keep going and uh one of them was uh, from the wheel memes at <laughs> like memes that. wheel <laughs> i'm sure there are plenty of spoiler filled memes that i'm uh, trying to avoid <laughs> seeing uh coming from that account i'm sure they're funny too and uh, at memes wheel says it's always too early to quit and remember to hydrate. <laughs> and this actually came up multiple times. Like so, oh, we also got a Kenneth at ask for Ken say the last book was published eight years ago. So there's spoilers everywhere. Don't follow any wheel of time handles until you finish the books, which is kind of what I was getting at with this. Like I, I don't think I want to follow the wheel memes until after we're done. Um, But then stay away from hashtags from Google images, all wiki pages, do not go in character, but goes on to say, keep your snacks handy and water close by. Have fun. So like multiple people were like, stay hydrated. (laughs) That must be a wheel of time meme. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Cause it is a marathon, not a race. I mean, when I first, like I just went back to back all the audio books and that took me like six months to do. And for us on the show, it's going to take over a year because we're trying to fit in other series as we go. We're going to take breaks. We're going to come back. Like It's going to take a long time to um, get through this whole series. So if you forget to hydrate or have snacks while you're going (laughs) through that, you're going to have a bad time. So great advice there. And while we're in the sphere of talking about like spoilers and Twitter of time and memes and all that. We have a comment from Sarah James, TG author with the Twitter handle TG author. They say that uh, hashtag Twitter of time is full on hashtag spoilers. A lot of times replies to things that are posted with spoiler tags. Don't repeat the spoiler tags and replies to those replies end up spoiling things unintentionally. (laughs) Even Twitter handles can be spoilerly. And I get, I haven't delved deep because of those reasons, but I understand it when you have a community of people that have read 14 books together how can you not be talking about like the deep stuff you know uh, pull pull, like like mine for memes for from that deep deep back end stuff so i think that's really good advice and i know dylan was kind of flirting with disaster in terms of spoilers by reaching out to twitter of time how was your experience with that well my experience was that comments like these and the just I, I think they kind of over exaggerated the likelihood maybe of mm-hmm. like me saying hashtag Twitter of time and then that leading to spoilers mm-hmm. uh, uh, almost as I got the sense it was like a protective measure where they kind of say, look, this is like your first time really engaging with us. I want to give you a heads up. Don't use hashtag Twitter of time too much here. You Like eventually you might get something spoiled and everyone was so kind and like focused <laughs> on telling me not to yeah. do hashtag Twitter They're of time. I got way about more your comments. Spoiler yeah. well-being. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. Well, they want me to enjoy the series that they love so much. 
much and that was clear and they don't want to be responsible for being the person that spoiled something by accident so i appreciate everyone coming in and saying that i got i'll say many comments telling me how to keep myself from getting spoiled and zero comments that spoiled anything but i am using uh hashtag first wheel of time or hashtag first w-o-t imer i guess <laughs> uh, instead of twitter of time now because that's the hashtag that uh, these wonderful folks told me to use. So uh, when yeah. that hashtag is up, then I think people are, are super even And that's even a good careful. resource for people starting their Wheel of Time journey, yeah. right? W-O timer, <laughs> Wheel of Timer. Hashtag first W-O timer. Is, got it. Uh, yeah, so I, I tweet it. out from there. And Got it. So you'd recommend that as a reference for someone who's for starting sure. it and is interested? Cool, cool, cool. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't say enough, Charles, how how passionate this fan base is and and kind and supportive and all those things as well, where, like, you throw something out there and suddenly you have all these wonderful folks, <laughs> like, commenting amazing. on the thread. I mean, like, just tweets that I think I'm, like, on a just like casually thrown out from my phone all of a sudden i've got like 40 people talking to me uh and helping me enjoy this series even more it's amazing i mean we've read a lot of series already in our six month like stint uh, as a podcast and this is the first series like this fan base is just so active and so like healthy and wholesome and like um it's crazy to see, when, especially when you consider how old the series is and that RJ has passed away and all these other things. To, and there's not even been like new stuff. I mean, the TV show was announced a few years ago, and I'm sure that's added some excitement. But there's still not a lot like to talk about in terms of a Wheel of Time TV show yet. There hasn't been too many announcements or even a trailer. So the fact that it's persisted this long and is as active as it is is really amazing and unique in terms of like fantasy fandoms, I would say. Well said, Charles. I've found the same thing. Yeah, they, it's it's an awesome thing that I, I would love to know at some point like what the origin of the t- hashtag Twitter of time, like hashtag and how the community got started because someone has to have made a ton of effort to make this yes. happen. I just yes. am not familiar enough with the the names and the players because this is so soon into our journey to know who that is. But right. uh, thank you, <laughs> whoever yeah. you are, if you're listening. It's a great community. Um, yeah, and I'm in awe of what what has been created by I'm sure well I'm sure this is a very big group effort but lots of time and energy I'm sure have gone into creating a community this strong for sure and for a series like the barrier to entry is you have to read 14 books (laughs) you know like it's incredible uh so the next comment that we have is from Stephen Hilton at the S Hilton And they say, every time you get to a Wheel of Time word, check the back for the pronunciation. Not that anyone pronounces everything right, but aim for the moral superiority (laughs) this would bring. Um, For that, I would say, even like we were talking about earlier, Dylan, right before we turned on the mics, that uh, Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, the two that (laughs) read these series, have um, conflicting pronunciations for words. So even they... um, can be you know fall victim to not pronouncing everything right and we certainly want to try and i think listening to the audiobooks helps but 
I would never ever say that I could be capable of pronouncing any of these things right or knowing we the backstories yeah. or anything like that. But I'm going to try my hardest. We'll try. <laughs> I agree. We will try. We will try. I mean, we have chosen an audio format, Charles, which, you know, someone who is writing <laughs> reviews or blog posts or something of these would not have to worry about this. But we are a podcast. And something that we run into all the time is, I mean, especially if we're not audiobooking at all, is like, okay, how do we say this character's name? How do we do that? And it's just a whole nother barrier that comes with our audio format. So, yeah. uh, Stephen, we will try. Yeah, uh, yes. That goes to Stephen Hilton and to Stephen from Phantology, if, he, <laughs> if he's listening. Yeah, um, thank goodness Stephen, he's going to be on that try. first episode to, to guide us through that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that was very deliberate, is finding folks who are way more aware of these of. Wheel of Time, more experience like everything with the than series. us. Yeah, have yeah. way more experience and all that kind of stuff. So I, we hope that having on Stephen and Jake, I don't know if uh, I don't know if this is breaking to you, Charles, because I was doing oh. my exchanging. Yeah, oh yeah, that is breaking uh, to me. But it's great though. The more the merrier. I love them all. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be awesome having both of them on. Great. And, uh, oh yeah, I'm super pumped uh, to have. To have folks who will help guide us, not just in the pronunciation, but in many Wheel of Time-related matters. Absolutely. So the next comment that we have here is from ML Wall at ML Wall Writer. They say, don't buy the companion book until you're done reading. It's full of spoilers. Now, I have memories of being in a bookstore and being in the fantasy aisle and seeing like the whole shelf dedicated to Wheel of Time. And at the end is this massive textbook that is the companion book. And I have since like like flipped through it at bookstores. I, I've never owned a copy, but I've seen it, so I know what he's what they're referring to. And yeah, you, it's what it goes back to any of these references. Just be careful for spoilers, because just reading the explanation of something could could spoil things that are revealed much later in the series. So always a good tip to be like, hey, that companion book is awesome, but you may want to hold off because you don't want to look up something just to reference something in Eye of the World and have something in book like 12 kind of revealed to you, you know? Yeah. It's no, a beautiful I'm, book, I'm, though. Beautiful. It sounds great, and I'd love to pick it up when I'm done. <laughs> so I <laughs> uh, definitely don't want to invite spoilers. Maybe in. I should use it as a reference. That would be great. Because it's, uh, you know, I'm I, this is my second read-through, so I'm not victim to spoilers. Maybe I'll pick it up. Yeah. Uh, that would be fun. That. Okay. So the next comment that we have is from Chick at Fulton underscore Sunshine. They say, have patience. It gets slow and you'll feel like giving up, but don't. Finish and it will be life-changing. Um, that is a good tip. I mean, patience is everything when you're reading a 14-book series, right? Like, you have to be. And, you know, we've read other comments where it's like, you know, the middle can get kind of slow, but the ending's great. Like, finish. Like, when I, I remember when I 
finished the last book and then I like looked back on my life and just like how much stuff <laughs> happened back on your life. But just and how much stuff happened in those like six to eight months that I had taken to read it. It's like, wow, like my niece was born, like I switched jobs, like all these things mm. that happened while I was reading this. So it's like to go through all of that was um really, really an experience unique to Wheel of Time. And that was part of my pitch to you and friends pitching fantasy. Yeah. I was like, this is a unique experience to go through this thing that's literally a journey in itself. Like the reading experience is an epic journey, not just the story that you're taking in. And I think that kind of piqued your interest a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an experience unlike any I've ever had still of reading a series this long. So I think that I'm just, I'm interested to have a kind of similar experience. And for us, like you said, Charles, you know, the schedule and the logistics a lot better than I do, but it sounds like you said it's going to be a year or so that it takes to do this. So I'm excited to see how much changes in my life, how much changes for our podcast, how much changes, uh, in our relationship, Charles, we've managed uh, 20 some odd years of <laughs> lifelong friendship. I think that we'll make it through all the way through the 14 books together. Uh, friendship still intact. I'm planning but... <laughs> on it, but you never, you never know. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm excited to, to kind of have that moment of retrospective when we're done and i think yeah it might be fun to record that episode like (laughs) that post wheel of time retrospective (laughs) reflecting on life (laughs) (laughs) all right that's awesome i mean so this so oh at fulton underscore sunshine who were just talking about their comments said it gets slow and you'll feel like giving up and that uh, comes up multiple times here I, i mean we've got and uh, Sandy B at Art Ardamora says there's thousands of sub characters, plots, and plans you're not going to keep straight without flipping back and forth. And says you're going to want to quit in some spots. Don't do it because the last few books will make it all worthwhile. Enjoy and stay away from Google. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's I, I mean, I'll also add uh, another comment to this mix here with uh, Jay Oliver at Ubiquitine. Uh, with a series this big, 15 books counting the prequel, large parts of it will likely feel expository or sluggish. It's unavoidable, but it's commonly accepted that the payoff for this series uh, more than makes up for its less shiny moments. Hopefully, you'll think so, too. And got smiley faces. So nice. nice. This, yeah. I mean, we hopefully appreciate, like, this will help up, you see you know, how We nice might need to do are. another one of these halfway through, you know, for some like, keep going, guys. It's worth yeah, it. Cool. It's life changing. <laughs> <laughs> smiley face. Like, we might need that in yeah. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like this this theme that's coming up a lot is this piece of it's okay and it's normal when you're reading a 14 or 15, if you count the prequel book series, to have these moments where it feels like you want to quit. It feels like you want to uh, jump off of this hype train. Right. And that is okay and all these people who are so passionate about this series are saying that's gonna happen keep going because it's worth it and that's gonna yeah be the kind of stuff that maybe when we are in that eight 
nine, ten uh, bit Charles, uh, I'll, I might need to be reminded of. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm thinking of it now. It, it's kind of like the experience of dieting or exercising or climbing a mountain a little bit in the ways of like there's certain times where you're like halfway up the mountain and you're like, man, I'm like really tired. <laughs> Drawing like, from experience here, Charles? <laughs> yeah, from experience That's... of reading Wheel of Time and climbing Mount Doom, I can say this, where it's <laughs> like, um, you know, you're halfway up and you're like, oh man, like this is really tough. Like I'm really sore. Like, you know, this is not that much fun. <laughs> but then it's all <laughs> worth it when you have the view or you have the memories as you go on in life, you know, and you're like, that was totally worth it. Like I don't even remember those those sluggish you parts. Definitely don't. I remember the accomplishment of like getting it done and, and, and like all the highlights of the series, you know? So well, I kind of think of it that way. You definitely do. Um, <laughs> and I know that having been there when you were climbing Mount Doom, that I remember the book eight, nine, uh, <laughs> uh, 10 equivalent of us climbing Mount Doom. And uh, you definitely wanted to quit. So. Uh, me too, but by the time I got there, yeah, there it was, was far a too point late. where we should have quit, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but by the yeah. time we were all agreeing that we should quit, it was way too late. <laughs> it was at the top, and then we just had to go down anyway. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that was that's not a one to one comparison because we definitely should not have done that. <laughs> yes, plus you almost died. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you but, almost had your head crushed by a giant boulder. Don't spoil the episode. You have to go back and. and listen to we climb mount doom way back in our show's history <laughs> right and who knows charles you you did not almost die during your read of wheel of time correct yeah that's true i mean a lot of stuff happened but almost dying was not was not in the cards for that right but nice it was, was an experience yeah niece was born that or that nephew i think i know that i'm thinking about it okay <laughs> but uh that is um i did say niece originally though but that is one of those things where it's like you know, just it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, the next comment that we have here is from uh, Twitter user Sin, C-Y-N, at Shattered Sin. And they say, read this in the early 90s. Going in blind was par for the course. I think everything done during reading, parentheses referring back to prior things, checking the glossary, however one ends up doing the reading, adds to it all. Um, great experiences ahead and you know that's you know we've had this conversation so far where it's just like that's an interesting perspective of like hey look like there is like when i the world came out there was no glossary there was no like mm. wheel of time Wikipedia, wiki web page that i could go to you know it's that this was how it was meant to be experienced you just had to read it and absorb it and like there's the glossary as a reference but that is what it is it's a it's a great experience, and however you end up reading it or choosing to research it or not, it's just a good experience. And that kind of hype is is what you need when you're committing to a 14 book series. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good perspective. That's kind of the word of the day, I mm -hmm. guess, is perspective. It's good perspective from at Shattered Sin here because it's okay. It's okay if we never sent out a tw I'm glad we did because we got to interact yeah. with all these folks but it's okay if you never send out a tweet saying what do I need to know it's okay if you didn't listen to this episode it's too late to do that now you're an hour in or whatever but <laughs> it's okay to just go in and enjoy the story for what it is in fact that's how 
people did it when it first came out. <laughs> exactly right. And another user kind of comments on that experience. We have Bennett Chester at Bennett Chester. And they say, in my experience, the thing you're going to struggle with most is location names. There are a lot of countries with a lot of, for lack of better word, traits. And those are somewhat important. Worth glancing at the glossary occasionally till you get it down. Or it's like, you struggling is part of it. You have the glossary as a reference. It's probably worth doing, but you know, it's it's part of the experience. So don't feel like you need to like you're like going in blind is necessarily a bad thing. It's 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 just all part of it, and there's a lot to enjoy along the way. And you have the glossary if you ever need need some remind gentle reminders. Well said by you and Bennett Jester there, Charles. Indeed, I think Bennett Jester gets all the credit there. Um, the next, and we're coming to the end here. We've only got a, two more. We have um, um, Gaywin S G A W Y N S. And that's their Twitter handle as well. They say, take your time and enjoy this complicated story. Savor it. Let it last. When you finish, you'll probably never see its like again. Avoid Google and the TOT fandom if you don't want spoilers. (laughs) Alternatively, feel free to DM us anytime for spoiler-free answers and convos. Which is another great example of how wholesome our experience was in reaching out to Twitter of time and how much great advice they had and how great of a resource they've proven to be. And I'm sure we'll be hitting up people like this time and time again. And that's part of our experience. You know, I think we're fortunate to be reading Wheel of Time in an age where we can reach out to people on the internet through Twitter and have these glossaries and have the show as this guide for us and it's part of our unique experience and perspective in reading this series is like talking about it on a show for all these people and to being able to go out to twitter of time and having the dialogue before we record you know i think it's going to be a truly um amazing experience and when we look back on it in like a year's time i think we're going to be really really happy for it i'm excited to keep it going yeah I mean, all credit to this community for (laughs) creating this amazing content uh, (laughs) of all these answers that are super helpful. Uh, (laughs) We appreciate it. It gave us a chance to have this conversation. I'm sure we will be reaching out. I mean, I don't know what else I can uh, say, Charles, to espouse how grateful we are to Twitter of time for coming through for us, for engaging with us, for being super kind, even though the whole time they're telling us not to engage yeah. too much with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, please don't, please don't hashtag Twitter of time because we're too nice uh, to want you to potentially get spoiled something by us. Right. But also feel free to reach out to us anytime personally <laughs> if you want us to not do that. It's right. like, you are the best. Yeah, you it's are such amazing. A rare community like, for like. <laughs> such a specific series you know so it's like you know these are the these are the real these are the real fans here you read 14 books you're engaging people regularly on twitter and you're just being super supportive and open and and cautionary and concerned as well for their reading experience because i think these people know how valuable their reading experience is for this kind of commitment and they're just trying to protect that for others and make that experience as rewarding as it was for them and i think that's kind of the magic of wheel of time and this 
series by Robert Jordan. It's like that's the magic of it is that experience of going through the whole thing. And and I hope we can kind of share our experience with others and keep that wheel turning, right, Dylan? <laughs> oh, keep that wheel turning indeed, Charles. You nailed it. You nailed it. Well, I think, you know, the wheel of time – is going to keep turning. It, that thing doesn't stop to my knowledge. I mean, only half book in, but we'll see. Um, but I, I think maybe you and I are at a conclusion to this episode. I think this part of the conversation for us is the part where you play that sweet, sweet mm, outro music, I isn't it? I believe it is, Dylan. I believe it is. Thank you, everybody, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. This has been your hosts, Charles and Dylan. Thank you so much for keeping up with us today. If you want to show some support for the show or maybe get involved in the dialogue here, reach out to us on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at the FTF Podcast. You can always send us an email as well. It's an option that you have, and that's through the FTF Podcast at gmail.com. Now, Dylan, let's say there's someone that wants to show even more support and they just so have to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what kind of options do they have? Toss five stars yes. to our podcast. You can scroll down on that Apple Podcast page until you see some stars and our Apple Podcast page for Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. Until you see some stars, uh, ideally you would throw us five of those. Uh, and if you do have time to leave a review, that's even better but you know what just getting to this point of that episode listening that is more than enough sending our gratitude out to y'all our wonderful listeners yes wonderful listeners thank you so much for making it to the end and as always go forth and conquer friends